Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast that's a platform for mothers who are artists and creatives to share the joys and issues they've encountered while continuing to make art. Regular themes we explore include the day-to-day juggle, how mothers' work is influenced by their children, mum guilt, how mums give themselves time to create within the role of mothering, and the value that mothers and others place on their artistic selves. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, together with music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our lively and supportive community on Instagram. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Boandic people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is recorded on. Thank you so much for tuning in. It really is such a pleasure to have you. Today, I'm very excited to welcome to the podcast, Beth Stephen. She's a singer, songwriter, and mother of two from Melbourne, Victoria, and one half of the Teeny Tiny Stevies. Beth grew up in a very musical family. Her parents were working musicians, and she has fond memories of seeing her parents all dressed up, ready to go to gigs, and listening to her parents' bands rehearse. In her teenage years, Beth and her sister Bill decided to start their own indie folk group, The Little Stevies, and they performed on the folk festival circuit in Victoria, playing their own songs. The girls actually still release music as The Little Stevies. In 2015, inspired by the need to teach Bill's three-year-old about the challenges of toilet training, the sisters started playing around, writing children's songs. What began as a side hobby became so much fun and effective that they decided on a complete change of direction and the teeny tiny Stevies were born. Before they knew it, their debut album, Useful Songs for Little People, had become a word of mouth sensation around Australia. They've since released four albums through ABC Music, won both the ARIA Award and the AIR Award for Best Children's Album in 2020. They've been commissioned to write music for Sesame Street's online channel in the US and signed a book deal with HarperCollins. Their first book, released in December 2021, was nominated for the 2022 ABIA Best Children's Book Award. They've also licensed 18 animated music videos to ABC Kids TV, which have been played over 21 million times on the ABC Kids iView app. And at the time of this recording, the girls are up for another ARIA award for their album, How To Be Creative, in the 2022 ARIAs. The winners will be announced this week. The Teeny Tiny Stevie's music appears today with permission via my APRA MCOS online mini licensing agreement. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoy today's chat. When it's time to rest And everything is dark I lay down my head And say goodnight to the sun Thanks so much for coming on today, Beth. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you and to meet you as well. Alison, it's an absolute delight to be here. Thank you. (laughs) You are a little bit of a famous person, you and your sister. Are we? Are we famous? You're famous. (laughs) You're famous. I don't know know about that. You uh, you did just do like a heap of shows at the Opera House. (laughs) We did. And my goodness, have we been telling everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's not every day that you get to perform at such uh, such an amazing venue. And so, look, we may never be able to do it again, but hopefully we do. Um, so I, I think I'm starting to go through life with that sort of mind frame, which, which I'm quite enjoying. It's just going, enjoy this as if it may be the last time, uh, which has been actually really great to just really lean into enjoying things as much mm. as you can. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because sometimes we can take things for granted in the moment that it's just happening. But yeah, if you can sort of stop and go, actually, yes, I'm going to experience this fully. And and there's nothing wrong with telling people too, because you can be really <laughs> proud of yourself, you know, to, to sing at the Opera House is a pretty big achievement. So yeah, I, I quite enjoyed the uh, the Instagram skits, <laughs> you know, bringing the 
bring what was it the physio oh yeah because I've just just done some shows at the opera house <laughs> yes and I should I should uh you know credit to my sister Bill my big sister Bill she is quite the comedic talent uh and look she she entertains me as much as she entertains uh everybody else who follows yeah. follows us on on the socials yeah I get the feeling she quite enjoys doing that kind of stuff <laughs> Yeah, I think it could be a throwback to her, her VCE drama uh, <laughs> training that she did. I, uh, I, I remember going to her VCE drama final performance and it was quite quite entertaining and amusing also. Mm, there you go. So using skills in, in different parts of life is always good. So tell our listeners what you are and who you do. What Sorry, what you do. Who you do? It's not appropriate to ask that, is it? Um, give us an introduction to to yourself and um, what you are passionate about with your music. Well, uh, as you said, I am a musician and songwriter, and I work with my sister, um, Bill, Stephen, Sibylla, and we are the Teeny Tiny Stevies. And we started this project maybe six or seven years ago. Uh, after we had been playing music together as the Little Stevies since we were teenagers. And um, we sort of got to the point where Bill was starting to have uh, kids herself. And we just sort of got to the point where we had to start asking ourselves some, you know, difficult, challenging questions. Um, A lot centred around how we're going to keep doing this uh, if we want to, you know, with the money that we're making at the time. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> which essentially wasn't really enough um and so uh, the way that life was changing we sort of had to you know ask ourselves those questions of how we were going to do it what should we do going forward we still want to keep doing music uh and that's when we decided that we wanted to do a bit of a pivot um you know reinvent ourselves a bit uh as you have to do all the time going through life uh when you sort of you find yourself getting stuck a bit and you sort of have to think about things differently and that's when we started Teen Tiny Stevies uh, and we thought oh, at the time actually we were thinking about potentially um, writing some comedy music which I feel ridiculous even saying that sentence because I'm not <laughs> not the naturally <laughs> funny one um, but I sort of thought you know oh, maybe I could be the straight person you know again <laughs> side yeah. by side with Bill and yeah, she'll be the funny one um, and we did actually uh, you know try and write some music like that uh but then the other thing that we were um exploring was trying to write some kid songs uh and I sort of say kid songs in quotation marks because I guess the journey that the Teenage Time series has been on and and what we have discovered about ourselves and what we like to do and our skill set is that it's not specifically for kids it's for families um, and we like to write about things that can be great conversation starters within the household and within, you know, social settings and, and friendship circles. Uh, so, yeah, and, and really, you know, over the last six or seven years, it's just gone from strength to strength and it has definitely become the main thing now that we do, mm. which is incredible. I never really thought that, I mean, I certainly hoped and dreamed that uh, music would become the main thing. Yeah. That was has always been the dream, but uh, you know, for it to actually become that, that's pretty special. Mm-hmm. So you know, going back to um, treating each thing that we do as you know, this could be the last time, so we're definitely going to enjoy it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think maybe those two things are connected a bit. Mm. Of just going, oh, I've got to pinch ourselves sometime that we get to do all this amazing stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love speaking to people who have have made their love into what they do every day and I think that's just wonderful it's just it's such a fulfilling life to have like I can't I'm not speaking from experience with the music side of things but the job that I have with children I absolutely adore and I'm so lucky that I do it every day and I sometimes think that I think god I get paid to do this like (laughs) yeah I would do it anyway you know what I mean yeah Um, and that's the thing isn't it yeah. And fortunately or unfortunately, you do it anyway, and we would do it anyway. These, you know, if if I think if if you do have something that you're just so driven by and so passionate about, you will you will fight for it and you will do it no matter what, <laughs> in some yeah. capacity. You know, not always in the capacity that you would hope hope to, mm-hmm. um, because yeah. obviously there are lots of things in life um, that can that impact that. Uh, but yeah, 
it's a uh, yeah fortunately or unfortunately depending on my people get it <laughs> depending on the day yeah yeah So your sister, um, how how many are you guys twins, or is there a bit of an age gap? Sorry, I'm not really sure. No, that's okay. Look, if, she, if Bill was listening, she'd uh, she'd love that comment that you just made. No, we're not twins, but you are probably the third person that's asked that question this week. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she is a huge four years older than I, but ah, she just yep. she doesn't seem to age. Uh, <laughs> So somehow she managed to get that really fantastic gene. Yeah. That's like, see, I can I can appreciate what you're saying because my sister and I, I'm two and a half years older, but for years, um, you know, and even now sometimes people will get us confused because our speaking voices and our singing voices are almost identical. And we used to trick people on the phone when we were younger, that who, who they're talking to. And my sister, um, she used to work in our family um, plant nursery and people would see me down the street and ask me questions about their petrostrums or their whatevers. And I'd just, I, I don't like to embarrass people. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm not Emma. I'd just sort of play along. Oh gosh, you're good. It was, I felt, cause I just, I felt, I wouldn't do it now, but I felt really bad for the person. And I'd be yeah. like, oh, I'll pop into the nursery and I'll help you when, you know, I'll just make, you know. And then you find yourself in too deep and you're like, oh. Yeah, and I'd always have to be like, Emma, there's a person going to come in and think that they've already spoken to you, so get ready, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Did you girls ever do stuff like that, like cheeky things? Do you know what? I actually don't think we did. Um, I don't have any memories of it, uh, which that sounds very boring. I know. (laughs) Maybe we're just naughty girls. (laughs) No, you sound like fun. Fun kids. (laughs) Very fun. Oh. So you girls have always sang together. Has this been a thing that's happened right from the, as, as you know, for as long as you can remember? Absolutely, yeah. So our parents um, were, were musicians, full-time musicians for a good period of time in their working life. Yeah. Um, so certainly as we were kids, you know, we as young kids, we saw mum and dad, you know, going off to work at night. Uh, they would pack up, you know, they'd get all dressed up in their stage gear and they'd pack their you know their bags and the babysitter would come around and we'd um you know go to bed uh just after they left and yeah that was just lots of strong memories of that and then lots of big memories of the band coming over to rehearse in the garage and we would either be you know in there listening with them observing everything I don't know rolling around on the floor probably or in the main house, you know, sort of listening through the baby monitor type scenario. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've got really fond memories of all that. So, uh, you know, as a household, music was always encouraged. Mum um, and dad have always been extremely enthusiastic about us taking an interest in it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, now that I've got kids of my own, I think probably when we reached those teenage years, when we started to show an interest separate from mum and dad, and we started to explore things together a bit more. And we kind of discovered each other in our teenage years. Uh, they were, I can imagine that they were wrapped, you know, that we just had something to focus our energy into. Because I guess, you know, sometimes teenage years can be a bit, you know, you can find yourself a bit lost and distracted. And um, so I think to have that, yeah, have, to have that focus was probably a great thing. You know, maybe they probably weren't so stoked when, it became obvious that we were really going to pursue it seriously yeah. <laughs> in terms of, you know, the money of them probably thinking to themselves, oh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's the most secure, <laughs> most secure um, career. But, you know, as parents, it's, yeah, it's a hard thing to balance all those feelings, I imagine. Yeah, that's the thing is a lot. I'm going through that with my son at the moment. He's thinking about what he wants to do and, I keep saying, choose something that you love. Just pick something you really love. And my husband's a financial planner and he's going, yeah, but make <laughs> yeah. sure, you know, you get enough money. <laughs> so, I know, isn't it? <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I imagine they're hard conversations to have. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So did you start learning instruments like 
formally or did you just pick things up from your parents like how did that sort of go both we did yeah we both did um you know formal training on instruments um through school I think that was a bit of a expectation that mum and dad had but then we also did it um just ourselves you know at home picking up the guitars and stuff like that and started to write songs but really you know learning the guitar uh and instruments like that was really just a a vessel to be able to write songs and start writing songs uh I I think at some stage mum said to me she probably said it to both of us but she said you know one of the best things that you you can do is to just learn an instrument that you can accompany yourself with Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not reliant on anybody else yes. to be able to, yep. to be able to write and perform your own songs if that's what you want to do. And that was really great advice. And I'd probably give that, yeah, on to anyone else mm-hmm. uh, because it's great if you can just be self-reliant um, and then you can collaborate with others. But, mm-hmm. you know, if there aren't other people to collaborate with and you can't rely on other people, you can still do the thing that you love and you can mm-hmm. still do it really well. And you don't have to be a superstar on your instrument. You just, it's just handy to be able to, you know, play a few chords. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And then, yeah, as a tool for songwriting that you've actually got something you can nut out your your chords on or, you know, hear your tunes and things. Yeah. So um, can I ask with your parents, were they songwriters as well? What sort of band did they have? They were. So they did their own original stuff um, and they also did a bunch of covers. So I think for them it was a mixture of, the cover work, you know, really paid the bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they also did their original stuff and, and sort of kind of integrated the two uh, a lot of the time mm-hmm. and also did separate um, things with their music. So, yeah, and uh, when they were younger, before we were on the scene as kids, they had their their separate um, original groups when they, you know, in their early 20s and they did lots yeah. of touring and, you know, had their, their own success doing that. And then when they got together as a couple, they started the new thing mm-hmm. and uh, and they continued doing that while Bill was a young kid and then for a little bit when I came along, but I think certainly me as the second child, I sort of burst the dream a little bit and um, <laughs> they got some <laughs> more reliable jobs <laughs> or, or better paid jobs. <laughs> I know I'm jumping into this early in the conversation, but um, have you found that you've sort of that role modeling of how to balance the two has been useful for you with your own children? Oh, definitely. But I would probably say uh, only because, you know, I've, I was a kid when my parents were doing this themselves. So there's not really, I can't really have a great understanding or, or, perspective on that I guess uh, mm-hmm. now but what I do have and what I've had been so lucky to have is is Bill uh, who has who went through it all before me you know mm-hmm. at least sort of six or seven years before me and because we spend so much time together and we also have a business together and we work together um, in so many different capacities I've seen that very very closely what she's mm-hmm. gone through and that's just been hugely beneficial for me I mean it's still it's not like having your own kids and going through that yourself not yeah. by any means yeah um you'll you'll sort of never really um understand that to that level until you're doing it yourself um, because you're always going to have a different experience to someone else mm-hmm. uh but yeah to be able to see all those peaks and troughs very closely was very helpful I think mm-hmm. it made me going with very low expectations to be honest and I think that was quite handy <laughs> Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Because I think that's the thing, like, unless you see it, you you can have all these wild ideas like, oh, I'm going to wear the baby while I'm, you know, recording or, you know, all these sort of things. And then you just happen to have it happen to you and you go, oh, that's never going to work. Like, so at least yeah. you sort of had this rough idea of what was perhaps achievable and, and what wasn't. Definitely. And the stress, you know, the stress of... um you know, if you're doing it with another person and, you know, there's a, a partnership or relationship involved, like what a huge thing, <laughs> what a huge yeah. stress to put in a relationship. Like that's, it's enormous and it's, mm. and it's, and it's ongoingly um, mm. stressful. It's also can be great and beautiful and all of those things, but it's a constant negotiation and compromise and 
And just because you talk about one thing once doesn't mean that it's going to remain that way for, you know, the next 20 years. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, and, yeah. uh, you know, to be able to nurture and meet everyone's needs um, involved is really tricky. Obviously, we all know that. So, yeah. So back to you girls in, as the little Stevies. So what sort of, how old were you when you first started sort of that project and what sort of things were you doing with that? So we started when I was 15 and I think Bill had just finished high school mm-hmm. and we we basically just started applying for folk festivals around Victoria mm-hmm. and we were really lucky to get a couple of opportunities um, doing those. And because we'd already started writing some songs, we really just, yeah, we started on the, the folk festival circuit mm-hmm. for those years after that. And we just kind of learnt on the job, you know, which can be can be difficult when you're learning everything in front of an audience. <laughs> <laughs> and at that age too, like, you, you, I mean, like 15's not that old to be getting out there and, you know, perhaps in a more adult sort of world as well. Yeah, look, it's, um, you know, there's so, there's so many different aspects to them, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's just, it's such a steep learning curve when you, uh, oh, oh, how can I put this? I, I, we've never sort of been um, a group, you know, or sort of done music where we've just done it at home in the privacy of our own space for years and years and years mm-hmm. before we go and perform it or share it in front of an audience or with people. It's always been, oh, we'll write this song. Okay, well, I guess we better go and, you know. <laughs> do something with it you know or yeah. go and perform it uh, and that's and that's when some of the embarrassing moments can happen when you're literally you know you're learning in front of an audience and in front of people but gosh you do some quick learning yeah. and uh yeah and I think sometimes if you if you spend too much time just creating at home and sort of not sharing it and it's you know and it's hard to share it because you've got to means you've got to be vulnerable and um mm. you know you're putting yourself up, up for criticism uh but if you, yeah, sometimes then you can sort of risk uh, just never putting anything out and never showing anyone anything and never being happy with anything as well. Yeah. And then all of a sudden so much time can pass. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, but. so does that mean then you feel really comfortable on stage because you know literally anything could happen, anything could go wrong and you're okay with that? Oh, no, I wouldn't say I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, like I, no, I, I still get nervous all the time and we still get nervous all the time. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah, if there was a, if there was a video sort of videoing us when we get off stage every time, my goodness, it would be just so embarrassing. Witnessing the conversations that we have, like <laughs> it's, you know, off stage and it's literally, let's just jump into just like talking about all the things that we, you know, all the things we did wrong and all the mistakes yeah. that we made and, oh, oh, what do you think they thought when we said this or did that? And like, yeah, right. it would uh, be terrible if, if, uh, if people actually knew the, you know, the critique that we put ourselves through after mm-hmm. we got off stage. Um, but look, I just much prefer, I, 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 I just love performing. I love it so much and Bill does too. So mm-hmm. yeah, we just, just got to get out there and do it. Mm. So what aspects of performing do you love? the most when you say you really love it what what do you look forward to for a gig well I love singing like I love the action of singing or the physical action of singing and it's uh you probably feel the same way it just it just makes you feel so joyous Mm -hmm. you know it's uh it it really there's I don't know is, is it like exercising? It just makes you feel incredible. Get those endorphins going. <laughs> yeah, you know, mentally and physically. So I think just that alone, I love the, the um, yeah, the feeling that I get whilst doing it and after it. But I also love, I love. This is going to probably sound like I'm sort of, I love the sort of validation or or, or positive affirmation. And look, I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy that. Mm. I think everyone enjoys 
you know, getting positive feedback. And, um, but, you know, we've been so lucky, you know, when someone comes up after a show or or emails us uh, and says, I've connected or or this, these lyrics that you wrote have made me feel like this, or this has been my life experience. You have just summed that up so beautifully. Mm. You know, and they've shared something deeply personal about themselves because they've heard something that you've written. Like, that is beyond special. And, you know, that's just, yeah, it makes you keep going because you're just like, wow, I don't, I'm not sure if anything gets much better than this. Mm. Yeah, that, that is pretty awesome, isn't it? It's sort of, I liken it to, I mean, it will never happen to me on this scale, but, you know, when you're at the concerts and the famous people, they hold out the mic and everyone knows the words. It's like that kind yes. of like oh you get it you get me like you're you're resonating with something that I'm putting out there and that that is hugely validating it's sort of I mean I know we don't necessarily do our art for that reason but it's a lovely sort of side thing of that 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 you're connecting with people you know and if you can you can reach somebody who might get so so much out of what you're sharing like that that example you gave that is so special it is an awesome feeling (laughs) It is awesome, and 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 we all know what it's like to have another person write a song, and for us to feel like they've just summed something up for us, mm-hmm. and how special that is to be on the other side of things. Uh, yeah, I and there's so many people that I wish that I could say that to, um, you know, if I saw them, you know, in a physical sense. But I'd just love to say how much of an impact they've had on me mm-hmm. uh which yeah now that I'm saying it out loud I should just do that more often yeah <laughs> through the wonders of social media we actually have access to people we, exactly. we never have before I don't That's know about so you I used to write fan mail and post it off into the nether and you know it, oh it was, that's so good like, of you remember, remember the old um smash hits magazine back in yes the 90s? it was like you know they'd have their their um fan mail address and I'm swear no one ever got those letters. But but now you can literally just message someone and say, "You're awesome." Yeah, it's pretty great, isn't it? Yeah, I really love that. Um, this is totally off topic, but the other day, um, you know, Cosentino, that um, magician, um, he's like yeah. an illusion, grand illusion. Oh yes, he yeah. Came, yeah. He came to Mount Gambia, and that was a big deal because we're just you know a little country town in the middle of Adelaide and Melbourne. Yep. And um, afterwards, because you know when you're when you're in the know, you know where the stage door is, and you know you know roughly how long people take to come out. So I said, my little my little seven year old, who's a massive fan, he's got his books, you know, he's he's into him. And I said, come on, let's wait till he comes out. And he's like, oh, really? I said, yep, it'll only be like half an hour. And it was only us and and one other group of people were there. And uh, he came out, and I said to him, um, I said to Cosentino, I said what you're doing with, you know, he writes books for kids with um, reading difficulties or ADHD and dyslexia because yeah. he went through that as a kid. And I said to him, thank you so much for what you're doing for the kids, you yeah. know. And he was so chuffed that Digby had his book. You know, I think that meant that meant so much to him. Um, you know, everyone loves his show. You know, it, he knows that everyone thinks he's amazing. But I think that connection with a child who was really into his stuff. And I made sure I told him because I'm like, this is great. Like, yeah oh that's great I'm sure he appreciated that and I could I can get a bit fangirl sometimes and you know you're so it's hard to to find the word though isn't it it is like literally (laughs) oh I I, I don't know one day I met Kate Sobrano because my sister and I were this is a really random story I don't know why I'm coming out with this um (laughs) but we were at this um corporate gig corporate event in on the Gold Coast for for a plant nursery and she just happened to be the um, the entertainment and so she she called for people to come up stage to sing a backing track they didn't have the mics turned on so we were like oh for god's sakes they we can sing we can sing proper backing but you know they had the mics off and when I'm when I walked off I all I could say was I love you so much it was just like <laughs> Alex what an idiot like <laughs> and then you're just so embarrassed <laughs> I just love you so much and she's probably thinking god who are these drunk women up on stage but anyway I'm digressing now
So can Love you that. share with us this, this time, you're saying six or seven years ago, you guys decided to do your, change the direction. How I'm really intrigued to know how you were received initially. Um, and I don't want to, I'm not comparing you to the Wiggles at all because you're completely different. Um, yep. The depth and the thought that goes into what you write and what you share is phenomenal. And so I'm just wondering like, how how it went down gosh as you were just asking that question I was thinking to myself oh my gosh I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to recall all the details feels <laughs> <laughs> like a long time ago now um but look I feel I feel as though probably for us um during the whole time that we've been doing music stuff uh, uh sometimes and often we have uh you know we've, we've written something or we've taken a we sort of decided that we would take this kind of a, an approach. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're even thinking to ourselves, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to be received, but it feels right. It feels like the right thing to do. And particularly it feels like the right thing to do for us. I think when we started, we definitely knew what we didn't want to do. Um, and and we had a pretty clear vision of what we did want to do and what we didn't want to do. And we wanted to keep performing music alive in pretty much the same capacity of what we were doing with the Little Stevies, which is really just a live band, mm -hmm. um, uh, wearing what we would normally wear on stage, uh, playing our instruments. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, we weren't interested in doing anything else other than that. And, yeah, there was, there was probably a lot of questions around, oh, I don't know if, that, <laughs> if that's going to necessarily be engaging enough. Uh, or so there was a bit of there was definitely some trial and error for sure I think one of the first gigs that we did as the Teeny Tinies was at a festival it was a festival slot and um, you know we kind of like even scripted a bit of dialogue in between the songs mm -hmm. and and sort of tried to like um, uh, you know order the songs to sort of tell a bit of a story yep. and and after we came off stage that time we were it was very obvious we were just like Oh no, this is not this is not what we want to do. Well, this didn't work. And it was unfortunately, you have to live through some things like that to really realize what you don't want to do mm -hmm. and what's not going to work. Um, so there was a bit of that in the first instance. Uh, and also when the first few songs that we wrote, you know, having really young kids to try them on as mm. well was yeah. extremely valuable you know Bill's uh eldest child at the time was three and we started with a toilet training song mm -hmm. uh and the rainbow song they were one of the two of the first songs that we wrote and they were really taken very well and received very well by him uh so so then that gives you confidence to keep going mm -hmm. um so yeah having that immediate feedback from kids was really valuable and it just sort of developed from there, to be honest. I mean, you've written some, my favourite ones, the, the, I'm the boss of my own body. That's one that really gets stuck in my head. Like I really, yeah. really like that one. Um, and you've written songs, a song about COVID, about staying home. Like, do you basically look at what's happening and what's important to you and maybe look at your kids and see what's happening with them and that's where your inspiration comes from? Yeah, it has in the past. So the first three albums that we did, uh, useful, helpful, thoughtful songs for little people, they were pretty much mostly... Um, the, the ideas were sort of crowdsourced. So, I mean, the first the first lot, the first album, we came up with those themes ourselves. And then the second two, we put a call out and we said to parents and educators and carers, what, what, what would be helpful to have songs written about? And they gave us lots of ideas and people were really, really engaged with that, which was awesome. And lots of the same themes started getting mentioned. Mm -hmm. So the ones that were repeatedly mentioned were like, well, obviously there's a huge need and desire for a song about this. So mm. then we just give it our best go at writing um, about that particular theme. And and I should sort of emphasize the fact that it's a yeah, it's a the the lyrical process is a long process. <laughs> yeah. And 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 all the lyrics are very sort of um, 
you know, scrutinized by by ourselves. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's, yeah, it's not a it's not a quick job, the lyrics, because you know, we also know that yeah, the lyrics are incredibly powerful and uh and and kids uh in particular listen to things on repeat mm-hmm. again and again and again and again. You know, I'm an adult that listens to things on repeat too. I gosh, I bore everyone around me with just watching the same movies. Oh. <laughs> And the same TV shows. But, uh, you know, I think for some people that gives a lot of comfort to, to, you know, repeatedly listen and watch and hear things. So, yeah, we're just just very much very aware of that. So we want to make sure that we put a lot of thought into them. Mm. That's a really good point. Um, Speaking of things being on repeat, I've had Hamilton, the Hamilton musical on in my car for about three years now. Three years. And we finally went it the other day. We finally saw the actual stage show. Um, So that was nice. So now we've moved on to something else. (laughs) But um, yeah. You've had your your complete. Yes, I've had the fix now. And it's funny because now I've seen the stage show that Australian actors do the, the the nuances and the the, inter, the intonation are slightly different and yes. so now when I listen to the the state the the what are they called Broadway I'm like oh that's not how it went Jason Arrow didn't do it like that you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know everything yeah. all the details yeah um but no I, I do that too I get fixated on things um, or the Beatles. I'm back on the Beatles now. <laughs> so, how many times do you like, listen to the same album? But I oh know it never gets old. You just no, it weird. doesn't. Yeah. They, they will never get old ever. Thank goodness. So with you guys, with your singing, with your harmonies and stuff, have you always just naturally, like, um, I guess I'm comparing it to my sister and I, um, like our voices, she's slightly lower than me and I go slightly higher, but in that general, we're both altos, but I can go slightly up a bit. Um, And so I've always just taken the higher harmony. Do you guys have like a, a, what's the word, a system or a method that works for you guys? I mean, I think when we were kids, Bill would always take the harmony just because she was always much better than me at being able to pitch and arrange harmonies. She's got a real, real knack for it. Uh, but uh, yeah, giving myself a bit of credit too, as, <laughs> as I've become an adult <laughs> and also grown and developed. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think we're, we're both pretty good at doing that now. And, and we both just, you know, take it in turns, singing lead, singing harmony. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really fun. Keeps it really interesting. Mm. Do you guys have like, again, I'm comparing it to myself, like a, a sort of an invisible like connection of communication when you're on stage, like someone might move their eyebrow a little bit or look a certain way. And the other person goes, Oh crap, that bit, you know, like you have this, this way of communicating with each other without anyone really knowing. Uh, yeah, I think so. Although, <laughs> although I'm often told that I think that I'm smiling to my bandmates and to Bill on stage, and then they come off stage saying, "Beth, you're just looking at us like this the whole time, like I'd done something wrong." And I'm like, "No, I was just smiling at you. Like I'm really having fun." <laughs> so, so there is communication there. I'm not sure if we're really receiving the correct communication that the other one's trying to communicate um, all the time. <laughs> But we think we're communicating. <laughs> um, but look, in terms of singing, the actual, you know, the actual singing bit, we, uh, yeah, we're, we're, I, th- I think we're, because we've been doing it for so long together, I think we're pretty good at preempting what the other one's going to do yep. and to be able to match each other and shadow each other and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. It's like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when we've been performing, like we'll both start singing the tune or something. And for a millisecond, it'll like a, literally a millisecond and then it'll be like, oh, shit, I've got to sing the harmony. Like, and it's like no one <laughs> watching would ever get that we've just stuffed a bit yeah. up. But it's yeah, like, exactly. happened so quickly and so intuitively. Um, yep. Yeah, it's so much fun. I, st- I, I just like, we did a wedding just the other week and we hadn't sang together for so long because of COVID and just, I've really pulled back from gigs, but we did this wedding and we're just sitting there. Oh, this is so fun. You know, like we've forgotten. How that's so lovely. And it was oh, that's so great. Day. Yeah, it was so lovely. It was a great, it was great fun. They had the 
Um, the photo booth right next to us though. So it was like laughing <laughs> and I'm like, Emma's always on my left. I've got to have her in my left ear. I don't know why. It's just a really, it's a quirk that I have. So I'm trying to shut out this side and listen to her on this side. It was nice. That's, and you know what? That's so nice that you uh, said those things out loud and you acknowledged <laughs> the fact that it was really fun because it is. And I, and I feel like I'm really guilty of not doing that enough. And I'm trying to do that a bit more. Of just yeah, really acknowledge and verbalize yeah. when something's really fun, <laughs> and when you're really enjoying doing something with another person, so yeah. they know, so they know that you're really enjoying this time that you're spending together. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> So back on to your your children, how many kids do you have? So we've got two kids. We've got a four-year-old and a nine-month-old. Oh, little Tucker. Yeah. Oh, fun. So, um, yes, again, back to your, your stories on Instagram. How hard is it really traveling with the kids? Like there was a funny, a funny um, <laughs> one of like pushing the pram and there's things hanging off every single like spot <laughs> on the pram and you know that is that literally the realities of, of going on tour with the kids oh yeah absolutely yeah. and look <laughs> we I wouldn't say that we it's a for our collective kids to come away with us because as we can all hopefully agree it's so hard to work and parent at the same time and when you're trying to do both at the same time, inevitably something, something somewhere, you don't do it as good a job as you could if you're not doing the two at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it's uh, this year my baby has come away with us a lot because she's been so young. Uh, hopefully into the future, <laughs> that won't necessarily be the, <laughs> the regular thing. But, again, you know, each each every few months, you know, we sort of need to look at things again um, and see and and sort of work through all the different commitments that have come up uh, because, you know, all the touring commitments that we've had this year has been a lot more intense than previous years. So, uh, and, and our circumstances have changed again, you know, family-wise. So, yeah, yeah it's just a constant juggle and a constant... Um, yeah, just renegotiation. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Because the children are always growing. <laughs> and always different growing. stages, yeah, the needs are changing and what, they, what they're capable of or what you're capable of doing with them there. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's always been like a constant reassessment. Yeah. 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 Um, what I want to ask you about, um, oh, no, just on that before I change tact. So where have you, where have you been this year so far? What, what's been your sort of... I don't want to say your schedule, your tour schedule. Where have you been? Where are some places you've been? Oh gosh, we've been everywhere. We have been, we've been to most states this year already and we're going um, and we're just continuing to do more um, over the next six six to 12 months. So we've been all all around New South Wales and um, Northern Territory. We went there for the first time this year, which was amazing. Um, All around Victoria, uh, South Australia. We're going all around Queensland, uh, over January this year so yeah just just everywhere and look the nature of uh, our music because it's for kids and families it's mostly weekend and school holiday work where we do most of our touring mm-hmm. um, and look because you know my partner and I do very different things so he has a, you know, a weekday job um, pretty standard office hours and then mm-hmm. I'm doing weekends and school holidays that does work quite well and I, I don't know, I, I just don't know how people who are working in the same industry, how they manage it sometimes. I, yeah, I mean, there's challenges to everybody, but, but because I'm not living that, that experience, to me, that just seems huge mm. if you're competing for the same time. Yeah. yeah literally the same time to try and work. Yes. Yeah. There'd be so many conflicts in schedules and it's like, yeah, someone would have to 
have to sort of let things go, I guess, at different times. It would be very challenging. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. If I wake from my dreams... With, with your songwriting process, like, do you just pick up ideas here, there and everywhere and then come together with your sister and just bang it out? Or do you often, like, come to each other with, like, with a half-done song? Like, how do you sort of work in that way? It's a bit of everything. We, we often, um, because we're now living in different places, the, the, we don't often sit in a room together mm-hmm. and just create something from scratch. It'll be one of us coming with an idea you know, maybe a nearly finished one or maybe just the beginnings of something and then we just send it to the other person. The other person has their time with it. I send it back. <laughs> and then when it <laughs> goes back and forth a few times and then when it's, you know, pretty much in its fully formed song uh, or, you know, or book or whatever the thing is, then we'll get together and we'll just nut out the last little bit and just rehearse it up. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's in a state that we can perform it or, you know, get the voice memo recording out and just do a, an acoustic recording on our phone. Yeah. Imagine if we lost our phones. Oh. Imagine if we lost all the voice memos. It's unthinkable. <laughs> it is unthinkable. And it's also unthinkable because it's like how I, I don't, um, it's like I, I barely know how to back up my computer or like transfer <laughs> what's on my phone onto my computer. So it would just... Yeah. <laughs> it just all be lost <laughs> oh what a disaster that would be oh man um I was talking to a uh, I had on my podcast the other day and it, oh, it's not out yet it will be soon I recorded an episode that's what I was meant to say uh with a, a songwriter and we were joking about how you could be anywhere doing anything and you'll get an idea and until you've written that down or recorded that idea, you just cannot relax. Like you're just in this state of, oh, I'm going to forget it. I quickly have to do something with this. And um, you're like, you, she was joking how she's got all these little voice recordings of her going, like just all this <laughs> random stuff. And then you listen to it later and you've got to try and make sense of what your idea was. Oh, I know. And to anyone else, my gosh, it would be so embarrassing for someone else to just start listening to them all. Oh, all of yeah. mine, all of mine start with this is standard tuning, capo one five. <laughs> this is what tuning, capo one blah. <laughs> and it's just so it's just so boring to listen to. <laughs> Do you ever wake up in the morning and have something in your head? No, no, that's never happened to me. <laughs> I've heard that that happens to a lot of people, but no, not to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. actually, I love talking to musicians because I love I love how everybody has these you know all the different ways that they write all the different ways they get ideas I just find it so fascinating it's just fun all right well I'll stop indulging myself now (laughs) oh no this is great I love I love hearing all of this all of this stuff that you do yourself too it's It's all very interesting it's so much fun love it. it it is fun and you know on that it's like when it stops being fun then maybe that's you know that's usually the time that you've got to change something isn't it mm. uh, or maybe time to stop doing something and then start something else yeah because uh yep. yeah you definitely want there always to be an aspect of fun mm. oh yeah I'm yeah. all for that and that's the thing like when I said to my son you know you've got to you've got to do this every day you don't want to mm. literally wake up every morning and just go oh god this again you know you want to be energized by what you do and 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 if you're passionate about something you know if it's your your music or whatever you're doing that's you're you're sharing that with people you know I, f- yeah. I sort of feel like I don't know you've got this thing in you that you've managed to make into something and then sharing it with people is just the icing on the cake you know like
back onto you being a mum. Um, I like to talk to mums about the concept of their identity. So, you know, you've always been a musician, singer, songwriter, doing your thing. When you became a mum, did you did you really want to hold on to that part of your life? Did you feel like that was important? You weren't going to just go, now I'm a mum, not going to do anything else. I'm just going to be mum. Uh, oh, I mean, totally. I think uh, I, th- I think whether we care to admit it or not, <laughs> we're all changed mm-hmm. immensely when you have a kid because your whole world changes. Um, and look, maybe I shouldn't assume that everyone's the same, but but yeah, for me, absolutely. I mean, your whole identity sort of changes. I mean, you know, in the first instance, all of a sudden you go from being this independent person who really, you know, if you've got a partner and, you know, you are thinking about them to a degree and kind of, do you know what I mean? But you're still kind of two individuals, um, you know, doing life together, but there's still so much of that that is separate and individual and independent from each other mm-hmm. uh but then when kids come on the scene like yeah their needs their needs have to come first and so and that can be really hard to swallow uh <laughs> in terms of you know we but there are still things that we all want to do mm. um to fulfill us and to fulfill our own needs and just sometimes yeah and often you just can't do that uh so yeah, definitely. And and also just, you know, all the sort of, I don't know, the bigger sort of society, society sorry, that's not word, but societal things, you know, of becoming a mum and, and some things to do with gender as well. All of this stuff changes you. And sometimes, and you can't often work out how you feel about it or actually work out what's going on at the time, but it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And it can take some time to sort of, yeah, explore those things and work out where you are and how it's affecting you and what it is, what it actually is to be able to verbalise what the thing is. Mm, I'm not sure if any of that made sense. Gosh. Oh, it did, yes. And that's where I was leading you to because I, look, I've spoken to a few mums on this show. I've got to be careful how I ask questions because I assume that everybody feels, sometimes feels the same way that I did. And I've spoken to some mums who have just gone, no, I just went, I'm going to be a mum and that's great. And I just went, that wasn't me. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. Was, you know, and so I've got to be careful how I, I don't want to ask leading questions, but I did lead you into that because I had a feeling you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, I, gosh, the idea of, um, no, I, I definitely, I, I'd say definitely the person, a type of person who likes to have a, a good balance of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just happy, I'm just a happier person if mm-hmm. I'm also doing other stuff. Otherwise, I just get too cranky, Alison. Too cranky, yeah. and I don't. I don't like listening to myself. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. <laughs> so I think I'm just a happier presence for everyone. Um, if uh, and it's funny, like you know, both my partner and I, we acknowledge that and and say those things out loud, and 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 it really has to be like, oh, okay, we have to we have to let each other do these things that we want and need to do. Uh, to various degrees so that when we're cu- when we're coming back and interacting with the rest of the family you know we're at, we're close to the best versions of ourselves absolutely you otherwise have said that better <laughs> otherwise there's too much resentment hey that can mm-hmm. um, just simmer up very quickly yeah that that's the word that I can definitely relate to is that resentment it's just um yeah and I'm not saying that in a negative like god I feel like I've got to justify everything I say now but you know I love my children. I love being a mum, but I also love doing things that I love to do that don't involve my children, you know. Oh, definitely. And, and that's, um, there shouldn't be any shame in saying that. <laughs> no, exactly. And here's the thing, right? We feel, we instantly feel guilty mm-hmm. saying anything like that. Of course yeah, we love our kids. Yeah. Of course we love them. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I love mine immensely. When I'm not with them, I miss them. Mm. And then when I'm with them, <laughs> too often they can drive me absolutely nuts yep yep <laughs> I mean and then yeah and then I feel guilty about that and then it's just crazy and then I can't and then you can't fully enjoy the time when you're away from them because mm-hmm. you're having all these feelings too 
And then, you know, and then, yeah, you're missing them a little bit and you're like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong? (laughs) It is just this perpetual thing, isn't it? It's like we cannot escape it, whether we're with them or without them. There's some element of guilt that we feel. It's just, yeah, oh, it's horrible. (laughs) I know, it's huge. And, yeah, you start to then see your own parents in a different light too and realise that, oh, (laughs) they probably felt all of these things too. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should be more kind to them. <laughs> yeah, get a new appreciation <laughs> for them. Yeah. Maybe I should be less judgmental of my parents. <laughs> mm. It is it is an interesting, I don't want to say it's a lesson, but it's an interesting experience to to be an old to be older and have your own children and look back on your parents with so so much com- compassion as you think, my God, <laughs> you know, that what, you know, I don't know. I think we're so hard on ourselves and um, yes. everyone's just doing the best that they can with what they've got at the time and, yep. you know, give each other a break. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, mum guilt is something that um, I, I do like to chat to all my mums about. And I have had two people in this last week was the 70th episode that went out, two mums wow. that have said they don't know what it is they had to google it and I was like yes this should be all of us we should not even have this word you know yeah um and I feel like you know a lot of the people I talk to sort of share the view that that it's this the it's the external judgment and the external societal norms or expectations placed upon us and making us feel this way you know if we just mothered the way we wanted to and didn't feel this pressure um we wouldn't feel guilty because we'd be doing what we wanted with, you know, no, I keep, keep moving my arms around, no external. It helps. It helps to move your arms. It does help. You know what, you know what I mean? You know, oh, yeah. And social media, I think, has just been, is, has got a lot, of, lot to answer for when it comes to this judgment of each other and things like that. It's yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's so many great things and so many bad things about social media. It's it's a hard, it's a yeah, it's a hard hard balance to get. I feel mm, with social media. Yeah, because most of the the mums I speak to are on there for you know their art, sharing their work, or you know they've got a business. So you, yeah, you sort of feel like you've got to be on there. But yeah. then it's interesting too. The, the last few people I've spoken to have been really um, had some you know the great advice which should be obvious, but sometimes when other people say things, you notice it more than if you thought it yourself, but, you know, only following people that make you feel good. You know, if you constantly see someone come up and they, they trigger something in you, don't keep looking at them. I know. (laughs) Such a simple thing. (laughs) But yeah, so simple and so obvious, but why do we, why do we find ourselves doing it? I don't know. Yeah. It's a funny, funny world. It's, it's essential that you have your support network in whatever way that you need that support. I'm sure that support comes in different forms for each individual and each family and each household. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I certainly feel uh, very appreciative. And I, was, and I was thinking in the car the other day, of thinking how I would say this and answer this question if it came up of going, I don't think I feel lucky. I feel nervous using the word lucky because I feel like the insinuation is that I've had nothing to do with it. You know, if I say I feel lucky to have the partner that I do, I feel very appreciative um, because we certainly, I think we're doing okay. And again, ebbs and flows, but I think we're going, doing all right, you know, so far of trying to let each other, you know, flourish kind of professionally and sort of try and, really strive for those things that we want to do outside of having kids and and parenting, uh, which is so important. I think if I felt like I was just battling, you know, against someone or really trying to fight for time all the the time and and vice versa, Mm. that's not conducive to being creative at all. Uh, 
so yeah, that's really important. And I think, and everyone needs to be on the same team to make it work. So this year, for example, you know, we've had a baby at the beginning of the year. Everyone has needed to be on board for it, for it to be successful, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's, you know, partner, sister, manager, you know, all the people who are involved in the team to be on board to make that work and to be happy to make that work and, yeah. and for that to be successful. Uh, so, yeah, that's mm. that was the thought that I had driving for hours yesterday in the car. Yeah. And I think, too, being able to um, ask for what you want and make your needs clear that this is not going to work for me or this is what I need to make myself comfortable here, like not being afraid to speak speak up I suppose definitely and and yes to be really clear about those expectations that you have of each other and and to have those high standards of each other I think you know to have those high standards and to have those you know a level of expectation um, and also to communicate the expectations that you have of each other as well because mm -hmm. gosh if we are if we assume too much we're generally wrong or incorrect in our assumptions that we make. So we may as well just talk about it yeah. <laughs> and clear it all up from the get-go so everyone's on the same page. Yeah, that's a really good point because I feel like um, as much as, you know, you, you're you obviously, you know, we're attracted to our partners for a particular reason, that's great. We love them. But the people are still different to us. And I feel like I know what I'd do, you know, for example, in a situation, I'd do something this way and I can't assume that my partner would do that I've got to go, actually, what would you do? I've got to ask him stuff because I've learned over the years, we're very different <laughs> in certain yeah. areas. And there's and when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Open your mouth and ask, Alison. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I completely, yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. I think it's, it's just, yeah, it's just so beneficial to just be really clear about what you want. You may not get what you want, yeah. but at least people know where, where you stand. And, exactly. the, and next time you ask for something, they won't be surprised because they know that's where you're heading with things. And there's nothing up for interpretation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No mixed messages. Yeah, I had um, Adam Page, who's a South Australian, um, he's from Adelaide, he's a musician. Um, and he said when they had kids, he had to set, like literally have the conversation. This is what I need for my music this is what I need for this and that I should say also that was a father's day episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah sorry I just randomly say there's been a man on my show that's a bit <laughs> oh no I mean it sounds great I I will get through all 70 episodes oh. I'm very impressed when you say that you're up to your 70th episode my goodness oh, it's that's a I, huge achievement look honestly I'm going to say it again it's just good fun I just love doing it I love talking to mums I love you know chatting about stuff and sharing stuff and it's That's just awesome. so enjoyable. And I love the bit afterwards where you edit and stuff. I love doing that. So it's, you know, it's a win-win. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'll keep doing oh, it. Oh, dear. Cherries, chilies, peppers, strawberries, beets, rhubarb and berries. I hear rainbow, yes, I did. It was colourful and it tasted good. Green. 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 Broccoli, bean, celery and apple. Spinach, pears and peas and lettuce. I hear rainbow, yes, I did. It was colourful and what have you got coming up for the rest of the year? You you said you you still you're still touring. Are you are you ever coming to Mount Gambier? Just while I'm I've got you. <laughs> Mount, oh gosh, I do you know we probably will at some stage, but I can't for the life of me recall all of the places that we're going because there's too many, yeah. uh, which is actually awesome. I actually love that. Mm. Uh, that's always been the dream, you know, to just be able to tour so much uh but look what's coming up I mean we're about to we are we've got so, we've got so we've always got so many things on the go which is great mm -hmm. uh we've got more books coming out um we've been very fortunate to be able to start writing and publishing some books which is sort of based and expanded on from our songs mm -hmm. um obviously more touring we've got some new music coming out towards the end of the year uh in preparation for Christmas time uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I'm trying to think is there is there anything else there's just there's just always stuff there's, there's, just, always, stuff. there's always projects and that's what I love and and that's yeah that's the thing that we're hooked on we just you just got to keep making projects for yourself don't you because mm -hmm. if you don't do it if you don't 
initiate them yourselves. No one else is going to initiate them for you. Yeah. So funny. I was in, I was in the shower yesterday. I get so many, I don't know about you, but when I'm in the shower, it's like a portal opens up and I think of everything ever in the world. It's this water thing. But I'm in the shower and I'm thinking, oh, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. And then I got out of the shower and went, oh, but first I have to go make some school lunches and, you know, <laughs> like back to reality. <laughs> yeah, first I've got to do all those jobs that actually make the day sort of just run <laughs> successfully and smoothly. Oh, it was, it, was, it was like one of those moments where it was just like a slap on the face, like, yeah, you, you, you have to actually look after your children. <laughs> You, you should do you write all those things down though, just so you don't forget them. I do. I'm an intense note writer. Like I have That's to write great. down. So I'm often um, I'll just like record voice messages in my phone for later. Um, oh, great. Yeah. There's <laughs> probably quite a lot I've never re-listened to, but. <laughs> well, I think if you're writing all those things down, then you're one step closer to actually achieving them than someone mm. who doesn't. It sort of you makes just forget. it tangible, doesn't it? It's like yeah. it's actually it's on a list, so it means it's you're going to keep thinking about it and you're keep, you know. Well, it's all part of just making yourself accountable in a way. Mm. So, yeah, it's the first step, really. Yeah. Yep. Look, thank you so much for coming on, Beth. It's just been so lovely to meet you and to chat with you. And, um, <laughs> Thanks, all the best Alison. with everything. Keep doing what you're doing because I think what you guys bring to the space um, is really important and it does open up conversations, which is obviously that's your aim and you're doing it beautifully. So thank you and say hi to your sister for me. Tell her I love her on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I will. It never gets old. Um, <laughs> her hearing that people actually find what she does yeah. funny you know if she, <laughs> if, she, if she could just mention a couple more times you know playing at the opera house that'd be good I'm not sure if everyone's got the memo yet yeah <laughs> I know it's too funny isn't it great <laughs> and hopefully day. hopefully we do get to make Gambia at some time or somewhere you know oh you know somewhere <laughs> close well if you do you know I'll be stalking you at, at the stage door <laughs> oh yeah I love that I absolutely love it's that so funny thanks for your company today If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum. Helen Thompson is a childcare educator and baby massage instructor, and she knows being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. Join Helen each week in the First Time Mums Chat podcast, where she'll help ease your transition into parenthood. Helen aims to offer supported, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months of age. Helen's goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. Check out First Time Mums Chat at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast.